following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. Anyway, so I'd like to, do, as an introduction, because this is the first parsha of the book, and uh, one of the things is to understand the basic concepts of medical ethics, of Jewish medical ethics at least, you need to understand the what is man, and why is man so important, sorry about Adam, let's not say man, man and woman, um, meaning in general the concept of a human being, why are we, as we'll talk about from the parsha, we're the highest on the totem pole, and in that context, I'd also like to address the, what I think, personally, my view is a problem in today's society, but it's not a new problem, as we'll see, of equating animals and men. People today talk about their pets as part of the family, and um, they have funerals, and they're sometimes they're more important than the family. So I hope I don't offend anyone with pets here, and if you are offended, please come back. Um, <coughs> So, that right. for more. <laughs> yes, for more we, Okay, so so the, I mean, first would like to start with the concept of first of all the creation of man and again humans, which take place in the parsha. I'm gonna use the term man. I'm just more comfortable. Whatever you want. Okay. Um, we'll translate this Okay, and uh, start with that, and then explain uh, actually the importance of humans, why they are different than everything else that was created, and then get to the part about the difference between animals and humans, um, and the mistake that our society has made, and even in the first parasha here, um, people made that mistake 5,000 years ago when the world was created. So, so let's turn, let's start with the, just the verses in the beginning of, crea- of creation of starts with animals here and then goes on to men. So so we read them. So interestingly enough, when God creates animals, which is day five, I believe, um, everything, other things were created before this, and day five is animals. Um, according to most, the next verse, which begins the creation of man, was on day six. Although that some disagree with that, but most most Mefarshim uh, expl- uh, understand that it is um, on day six. But the point being is, number one, is an interesting thing. Only by animals does it say kitov. By humans, animals it says God saw that it was good. Humans, in the creation of humans, any, every other thing that God created, every day he created something, he said at the end of the creation, as soon as after when he finished creating that object or, or uh, um, uh, living being, he said Kitov, that it was good. By humans, he doesn't say anything about Kitov until the end, when he's finished all of creation. So that's an interesting uh, observation. Number two is, um, so then we start with humans. Okay, so in, in verse 26, and by the way, there's also discussion about why humans were created last. So there's two opinions in the Talmud. One says, the fact that humans were created last was sort of to make sure egos don't get too high, because at the end of the day, we do consider ourselves on the top of the totem pole. Don't, don't think I might, sorry, oh my, that's my, holding my page. <laughs> Your bookmark. Yes. Okay. It's fine, you can, uh, I might um, so, uh, I just want to see s- the last one of Shabbat Okay, so, um, what were we saying? Oh, so therefore, so that's, so that's what the Talmud says, specifically humans created, that in case we get too high on ourselves, we could say even the small gnat, um, 
littlest fly was created prior to the human being. In a certain sense, it, it doesn't really fit with what we're going to talk about because really we're saying because we're the purpose of creation and the top, top of the totem pole, that's why we were created last. Um, and everything up until this point um, is for the sake of human beings, as we're going to see, meaning all creations. That's really why um, people have a problem. I mean, a lot of that. We're not going to get into the whole creationism thing and um, versus evolution, but there's very little said about the initial creation because not really important. The goal of, the, of Genesis, or this parasha, Gen- the first parasha of creation, is to discuss the creation of humans, because that's the purpose of the world, is human beings. So everything else is really... Why are you laughing? <laughs> it's a certain viewpoint involved. In yes, 100%. That's what we're going to explain, that viewpoint. So therefore, the whole purpose of creation is for humans. Um, it, Therefore, everything else up until the point of creation of humans was only, it's really for the sake of helping humans, as we know. We eat animals, some of us. Some of us eat animals, and we're going to talk about that. Um, so, so therefore, everything else till now was, was stated very sh- shortly and succinctly when it gets to discussing the creation of human beings. That's where it starts getting more lengthy and discussing it more, and that's... Also, by the way, one of the, I think, I believe it's the Ramban, Nachmani states that that's why it doesn't say Kitov on humans, meaning everything else, just their existence is their purpose. Once they're created, that's it, they're done. As we know, as we discussed in the past, human beings, creation, just because we exist, doesn't mean we're fulfilling our purpose and our goal. So there's a difference between the creation of every other aspect in the world, which just by merely existing, that's it, they fulfill their, as we say, their tachlet their purpose, which is just to exist. So plants, animals, the sky, whatever whatever is there, once they're created, they, they don't have a mission in life, as we Morning, do. Y'all. Okay, so they don't have a mission, and therefore just by um, existing, that is the fulfillment of their purpose of creation. Because again, as we're saying in the scheme of things, which you don't seem not to agree with, but their purpose is to assist humans in their, in their mission in life, everything else, up until the, pr- the creation of humans. So therefore, everything else, as soon as they're created, Hashem says, Kitov, it's good. As opposed to humans, the creation of the human being itself is not sufficient. Because until we um, fulfill our mission in life, so we're, we're not Kitov yet. We have to do, as uh, I don't like using that term, you know, Tikkun Olam, everything else that we're, uh, whatever our mission is in life. Um, and we might have different missions. Um, whatever our Wait, mission why is. Why don't you like using the term Tikkun Olam? whole story. That's 20 years of history. You guys get to explain it. <laughs> uh, just, it's just... Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just saying, it's, not, it's, a, it's a misused term, I think, in contemporary times. Um, it's used for everything, every cause in the book. Um, and it's not necessarily what it's meant to be used for. The, that's what we can talk after class. It's a heritage. Yeah, okay. That works. That's a better term, but then no one's going to know what I'm talking about. So. And you're going to have to explain that. Um, but the point is, so, so uh, I'll use the term, just... <laughs> so the, the point is that as humans, since our, until we, quote-unquote, fix the world and, and, do our, and fulfill our mission, it's not Kitov. So that's why there was a difference in the statement of Kitov by every other creation besides by humans. So it's not a put-down on humans. On the contrary, it's because we have the special mission to fulfill in the world that God couldn't say Kitov until he sees how humankind um, 
does, so to speak. Okay, so that's one explanation. Now let's just read, let's continue. So, you have a, you have a copy you with us? Feeling good? Good job. Okay, good. Um, so, let's start from verse 26. So it says, We are him, Naase Adam Bitsalmenu, Kidmutenu, Vayudu Bitgatayam, Bova Shamayim, Ubabhema, Vachal Aretz, Chal Aromes, Haremes, Aromes, Alaretz. Okay, so this is the first statement of God says, Let us make man our image. There's a massive question here. It's plural. It sounds like there are many gods. We're not going there today. Um, that's too complicated beyond the scope of this class, even this class. Um, so, um, but. You can't go on. You'll have to. It's very obvious. There are just many gods. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, they meant well, he to. was consulting with his yeah. advisors. Yeah. I mean, it's a when scribal error. <laughs> <laughs> that was Ron Moses. <laughs> okay, so, uh, oh, he's keeping records now. now. Be careful. It's fine. So, right. Um, so, okay, so then, so the key point here is, is here, and the obvious discussion is going to be what the Besides that, nasa, the plural, it's how they knew. What does it mean in the image of God? Well, let's l- read a little further. Pasik chav zayin vayivrali adam bitzalmo. So then God did create man, humans, bitzalmo in His image. Bitzalem Elohim barotav. Very much repeated this term of bitzalem and one for barato zachar nekeva baratam created a male and female, and that's also a big discussion we discussed in the past, that God initially, the, there was a question, should he create male and female separate? He ended up creating them as one androgynous being. That's one um, interpretation. Yes, that's the Talmud's interpretation. And, uh, and according to one opinion, that's correct. Um, and so this was the case of the first Siamese twins in the world, and uh, we, we discussed that in the past. We're not going there, but here actually they do bring a proof in medical ethics, that um, Siamese twins are considered two distinct human beings by the fact we refer to this one creature, this androgynous, ma- androgynous male and female creature, as bara utan in the plural. So you see that we refer to uh, two, sure two people connected. Really what? Mm-hmm. Say that again? And you can say, don't worry. No. I was just going to say, I'm sure, like, there's all this conversation with transgender yeah, so this was individuals the first who talk about identifying as they. And so here... Meaning the in the sense of one... Well, they'll they consider themselves, themselves as they, yeah. like they say. I never knew. And so... Amazing. This is it. The first one right here. Like God refers to them as they. But we're not going there. The <laughs> word kidmutenu. No one seems to pay much attention to the word kidmutenu and their likeness. Everyone focuses on selling No, so we can talk. There's two things. There are... They do discuss that. What the two different things are. Are they different or... Okay, then it continues. So that's a very good point, but that's not a topic for today. So we, we did discuss that in the past. There is, this is the first, um, again, uh, androgynous, transgender, whatever you want to call, whatever term you use. I'm not familiar with all the terms today. This is the first um, being in that sense, and it is referred to as in the plural sense. That's a fascinating insight. Um, Elohim. So then the passage continues. God bless them, Vayomalem, um, So first there's this question of this is a commandment as we discussed in the past, or just a blessing? Because there's twice in the Torah where it says to procreate. 
in this parasha and next week's parasha, parasha Noach, both times God tells, in this case, uh, Adam and Chava, and in that case, Noach and his wife, um, to procreate. And the question is, which one of them, are they both commandments? Is one a blessing? One's a commandment? That's also a discussion in the Talmud, which we're not going to discuss today. Um, it's a lot of topics here. <laughs> um, Again, he says, and then, which is a key point here, God also says, Urdu, the kifshua, first of all, to subdue or um, capture is the literal t- translation of the word kifshua, Urdu begatayam, um, and rule over the fish of the sea, So one of the first things God, so to speak, gives humans is that they, he's telling him, you are on top of the totem pole, and you will rule over everything else um, in the world, in the universe, but uh, fish of the sea, all other living things. Okay, very clear statement, yes? Do the rabbis explain how this androgynous being was supposed to be fruitful and multiply? That's an excellent question. Well, he did, well, we know he did end up separating them, so yes, I think it would, would have been pretty hard if he didn't separate them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's like two accounts of the, of the separation. I mean, there's um, two stories. There's two... Chapter 1 and 2. Right, so... Yes, okay, yeah, so uh, uh, again, that's, that's a different discussion. We want to get to the topic of today, but uh, they do... There is a lot of discussion. So what it says originally God wanted to make them separate, and then he made them together. What, what does that mean? God changed his mind. There's also no instructions to how to be fruitful and multiply. Right. It's just assumed that human beings know how to do that. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, animals. Listen, I went to Shiva, we never got instructions. Animals do. Figure it out. Animals figure it out. Yeah, animals figure it out. Are we animals? We, uh, mm-hmm. speak only today. <laughs> More or less. Arguing. Okay. <laughs> 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 you are. Perfect. Okay. Um, so you can see by the way, did by the way, it says does discuss a lot of discussion. Not, again, not for today. That Adam had an issue. He tried out every other yeah, animal before he figured it out. Right, so he like, oh, wait so a minute, how do you do that? How do you be? Oh, so he observed multiple? other animals and then he, when he was tried. He was, the animals, he was looking for uh, for a yeah. mate. Right, he had no. He yeah, right, left exactly. Out. But that's chapter two. Okay. Yeah. Yes, so that's where off. that's different where women off. are subjugated. This one, at least, they're equal. Okay. okay. Um, no, women are equal. That's by the way, it does. Yeah, and Rabbi Hirsch discusses that extensively, which is to show that at this point, not at this point, sorry, um, there that women and men were created equally at the same time. Yes, that's why were. God specifically created in this way to show that they were created equally and everything is equal about. Them. That is a very important thing. Thank shame. you for bringing that. Sure. Yes, yeah, society. In chapter two. Society yeah. ruins, <laughs> it, ruins, uh, ruins right. everything. You know this. Gotcha. Uh, uh, verse 29. You with me? Alan, you're up today? Verse 29. Caffeine? You got the caffeine? No. Chapter 28. I don't drink coffee. Yeah. Asati Lechem is Kalis of Zarea. So again, God repeats again 28. He's saying very clearly, humans on top of the totem pole. You will rule over all the other kingdoms. And then he goes on to say, But still, and this is very famous, that God only gives permission for them to be vegetarians. What a sad world. Um, Where does it say that? Vegetarian? I'm not vegetarian, okay, but I, think I don't talk to vegetarians. But why does it say, where did you get that? 
Because he doesn't say the animals. He says it he very says clearly. He says it will be yours for food. Yeah, but before only, the, the only before it, veg, it sounds like vegetables you can do whatever you want to uh, animals. Says you will rule over them. But he doesn't give him permission to eat. Why not? Only after Noah. We're going to talk about this it. Only like, after the flood. Isn't Rev Cook the one who's like, okay, this is the one that? Tells yeah, the ideal. Everyone agrees. I'm going to talk about right, that a little. Right. Everyone ideal. It seems like the ideal creation here was a vegetarian world, um, very clearly. Um, I don't think any. I, mean, I don't think it's possible even to dispute that. But there are, we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, again, he repeats all all these the beasts of the earth, the fowl, and every creepy crawly creature. Okay, and every living um, thing that is um, every green herb to eat. Okay, and it was so. Then it says, after all this, um, God saw, and the question is again, is it going on humans? Is it going on all of creation? To most understand this last verse, 31, that it's going on all of creation, not specifically on the on human aspect as we discussed. So there's a few things I want to um, discuss. So first, I'm going to, I mean, the real, we should go in the order of, let's start with Tzalem Elohim. So the question is, defining human beings, as we discussed, what does that mean, Tzalem um, Elohim? God seems to be going at great length to state that he um, um, created humans in the image of God. And as Shelley pointed out, there's two languages. There's language of Tzalem and Mut, and what's the difference between them? I'm not sure, but I'm trying to figure it out together. So clearly this is a very um, important aspect of creation um, and what it means. And there are many different opinions about it. Um, I want to discuss that, and this, I think, is very important, as we're going to see, as an introduction to all of um, Jewish medical ethics, at least, in the sense of, from this, we learn the concept, as again, that humans are on the top of the totem pole, and also the concept of human dignity, that the fact that we are Salem Elkim, that it's not just the fact that we have a soul, which is a very nice, very important aspect of humans, but animals also have a certain sense of soul, as we'll see. Um, everything has everything that's alive has some sense of soul. We may that, have that, that was my yes. question. You're saying even plants, you know, and trees and stuff have some some. Yes, sort of anything soul. that's alive the, that's discussed. And as we know, we don't come to Kabbalah in this class. But Nachman is actually in his introduction mm-hmm. to the Torah discusses that there are four um, four categories of creations, and he goes through them and explains each one has a certain sense of soul. And the, I see. And until human beings have the highest sense of soul, the highest soul or an extra soul, depending on Tanya and even a weed. Um, yeah, yeah. So every every everything that's alive has a soul. Even and the question is even uh, what we call a domain, things that are not alive, rocks or things like that. It's still uh, there is some sense. I don't know if you can call it life, but right. our virtue uh, been having been created by God. Is that why everything has some sense? No, of in order it for it to exist, it has to have some life. It has to have some. Mm-hmm. In order for it to exist, essence. it must have some divine right. spirit. Exactly. So no, they couldn't. It wouldn't. Couldn't exist and wouldn't exist without. Um, that's the assumption. So so again, there's four levels. Um, <coughs> humans being the highest category of soul. And again, exactly, we're not going to get into the details of what type of soul and what that means, and um, that's, that's, again, beyond the scope of today's class. But it is fascinating if you want to read it in the Ramban and many other books that discuss it. So, so the, um, like I said, this has a lot of ramifications for Jewish medical ethics. Um, I think chief amongst them, 
would be the concept of that we respect our bodies. It's not because here when God's talking about creation, again, how we will get to the translation of Salam Kim, but the question is really it's referring to the creation of the human body. So even the physical body seems to be B'Tselem Kim and Musa Kim. So therefore, that obviously, uh, if your profession is treating human bodies, or even if you're a lay person like me, where you know we have to understand that our bodies seems God is saying have some form of holiness, and which leads to a, a host of many halachas throughout the Torah and in rabbinic law about human dignity, how you treat a person, how you respect the body, even after death. As we discussed in Pasha Kisei, say the concept of burial. for like how we eat and yes, everything. Exactly, I'm saying there's a, uh, almost everything we spoke about the last 20 years in this class is, go- in certain sense, comes back to the source of this concept of that the human body is is holy. We don't view just the soul as holy; we also view the body as holy. And I mean, the question is: Is it only because it has the, it? It's sort of a vessel for the soul. Or it's more more to it than that, but either way. But the 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 permission to distinguish between humans and other f- forms of life comes from Bitsalmo yeah, Cognitano. That's the only reason the you only can treat, try, the treat only them differently than animals or plants is because of that. Yes, I'm saying the only the only thing different in the creationism and all of everything and humans is this statement of Tzalmo Kim. I'm aware of. I mean, that's so while animals and plants may have souls and all the rest, this distinguishes them and enables you to treat them differently than animals, rocks, plants, and all the rest. The, um, Is that what you're saying? Well, the, it distinguishes them. I don't know about treating them differently. That we'll get to. We're going to talk about okay. that there. But um, so just to, I, I just wrote some examples here of things that are relevant to this concept of, of Salomon Kim and human dignity, which I think <coughs> Jewish medical ethics that stem from this principle. I just put down, a, I just made this list quickly, but there are many more things. End of life issues, consent in halacha, which consent, as we know, doesn't mean the consent of, West, of Western medicine, which is autonomy, autonomy, because we don't have autonomy because of this reason, I think. We don't have autonomy of our bodies because we're mandated to, to treat our body, to make sure our bodies stay healthy, as opposed to in as we discussed many times in, in Western ethics, which is on the contrary, they use human dignity maybe on the, on the, for another cause, which is you have to, before um, treating a person, you have to get their permission. Right? As we know, Allah, on the contrary, says if this person has to be treated, then you might even do it against their will. So it's interesting how the concept of human dignity was, is used really in opposite ways between in Halakha and Western ethics. Western ethics, the concept of autonomy is very important. In, in Jewish law, as we discussed many times in the past, if you're mandated to take care of your body based on this concept, so then you have no choice in the matter in that sense. You, we might even force you to be treated in cases where you don't want to be treated. Okay. It's also, it's important to point out that autonomy as a concept in Western medicine is very new, like 40 years old. Prior to okay. 40 years ago, it, it just for all practical purposes, didn't exist. It was assumed that patients and doctors both had the mandate to heal the patient. It's only in the last 40 years, and, and it's become sort of orthodox thinking that if the patient doesn't want to get treated or they want you to kill them or whatever, that's okay. Orthodox. Orthodox. You don't mean orthodox. I don't know. I mean, yeah. in, in okay. uh, small, universally. Yeah. Orthodox yeah. Orthodox yeah. Orthodox. Yeah. 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 Just making sure. All right, so that's so, yeah, but um, what, what I'm pointing out is the contrast is interesting. They're using. Um, I looked because I was last night I was trying to find stuff on the topic. So I d- uh, googled human dignity and I found 
for example, like the Canadian uh, Medical Association, oh, sure. uses the, this <coughs> concept of human dignity as a reason to for autonomy. Because you have to have permission from the patient before you do anything to their body. Which we're saying is really the opposite. We're using the concept, the same verse, they're quoting concept not telling Hukim, but human dignity as a reason why you're mandated to, to heal, as you're saying, the other person, even if they don't want to be healed. Because we have to take care of our bodies. There are so two patients, I remember, that were ahead of their time. Hmm. <laughs> <coughs> also, the kind of well, confidentiality does, in that sense, I think, also related to this, as we see when we, get, we discuss that in the past, we'll discuss it again, meaning this concept of confidentiality where you, because of human dignity, you don't reveal things or you don't do things in front of other people, epilogues, etc., which also, I think, comes from this concept of, of uh, human dignity, emotional health, taking care of a dead body, as we mentioned, not mutilating oneself. Um, as we know, there are many laws in the Torah about that, um, whether it's tattooing, whether it's... Uh, Except for earrings, of course. Earrings, like earrings. Um, so, so the point is so self-mutilation or allowing your body to be mutilated is a problem according to, uh, according to halacha, and it has to do with this concept. If we view our body as this holy vessel, so to speak, then you can't decide that you want to mutilate it. Okay, uh, murder euthanasia, obviously, and that's explicitly mentioned next week's parasha, um, parasha Noach, when Hashem commands Noach and the seven Noahide laws not to murder. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. He mentioned specifically, Elohim nivra adam, because man is created in the image of God. So that is the, so to speak, the rationale beha- behind not killing, it would seem, which is another fascinating concept. Uh, and suicide also, which again is certain to the ultimate self-mutilation. That, that's helpful, because then the Torah is now really drawing a distinction between how you treat animals and humans. Well, it's still never said anywhere about killing it. We never discussed, the Torah never gave permission to kill animals. No, no, the point being, you can't murder people but sell them Elohim, because they're made in the, the image. image of God, but we know you, in the Torah you can sacrifice animals left and right, no problem. But uh, you um, later, but that came later. Yeah, right. That but still, later. if you look at the whole package, that there is a, this already by the second uh, parsha. You're already making that distinction between humans and animals. So you can't murder human beings. You can't kill human beings, but you can kill animals. So well, we're going to get. It's a very important point. We're going to talk about that in a second in the context of Cain and Hevel kill. Um, Hevel murdered animal for his sacrifice. Cain right. murdered a human for his because right. he was jealous. So. How that played out. That's very important. I'm, go- I'm going there. That's where I'm getting. Okay. From where, from where do we learn that "selam" is more than just a morphologic word? That image? you have to speak English. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about a description. Yes. So uh, you look like God. So why does that make you holy? So it's a good question. Meaning, meaning that's exactly the question. What are we trying to? What part of God do you? Look what, like? what is the definition of "selam Kim? That is the question. I don't know I if it means lit in the little sense. Look like God. I always say, I always say, I hope I don't look like God. I hope God doesn't look like me because that that would be good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it looks like. Me. Do you mean like <laughs> yeah. we're just assigning anthropomorphic qualities to God and, and maybe? Well, it's a morphology. It's a description. Like you, you guys, you look like I do. It's more. Yeah, but what does that mean? What, saying, does, what does that mean? Yes, yeah, so that's the question. It's very strange. I mean, to say in the literal How sense, we look all like God. No, I'm saying because I think it's clear that. In creationism, as we're saying, it's a very important fact that the fact that it's repeated over and over in the verses many times, not just here, again in Noah, and this concept of Selim Kim. So it can't just, 
It's obviously not just a nice term. There's something inherently defining the human, as we're saying, as opposed to the rest of creation, because it doesn't state that the rest of creation. So now that's what we're trying to figure out, is what is that definition? And there are many opinions. As I wrote down here at least um, six. I think some of them might be repetitive, yeah. If you look at what comes right after, at least whatever it does mean, we know the one aspect of it, since immediately after it says they rule over the fish of the sea and, over the f- and all, so whatever else it means, it means it's different than the rest of them, because at the very least it rules over the rest of them, whatever else it might mean. You don't know that those are joined. You don't know that. It looks like also you can rule over all these guys. Correct. So what it, but it implies that whatever else is within, contained within those two words, it means part of it is you get to rule over everything else because those two words are not used in, in connection with any other species. It comes to humans and everything went before you're in charge. So it, it implies that part of Pitsalmo is get to rule over a distinction between you and everything else. Okay, Wes, I want to get back to Talmud Kimmich. I want to make sure I get to the other second part. Which Yes, yeah, so, okay, we're going to get to the interpretation of Talmud Kim, which is very important, but I first want to go to a beautiful explanation to the French, to show that this question of are humans on different levels than animals, the whole question of vegetarianism and murder, etc. So just as a, there's a fascinating work, it's called the Sefer Haikrim, or Haikarim, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, which is written, right down here, it was written in the 15th century. Haikarim means principles. Savory the Book of Principles. It's a 15th century work by Joseph Albo, student of Chastai Caracas. An eclectic popular work whose central task is the exposition of the principles of Judaism. Okay, anyway, he lived, uh, Joseph Albo lived in Spain um, from 1380 to 1444. Okay, and basically, he has a, in one of, when discussing the principles, some of these principles of our purpose of the world, so he says an unbelievable thing, explanation of the story that takes place throughout Genesis. And so I'm just going to summarize it, but I think it gets to the heart of this question of the difference between humans and animals. As I mentioned before, I think this is very important, especially in today's world, where I think we're struggling. I mean, I'm not struggling, but there are society seems to be struggling with many people. Their animals are literally become their family, part of the family, which is a beautiful thing. Um, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just, maybe it's me, but... I don't think it was like that when I was growing up 30, 40 years ago. You didn't see this connection. Didn't have a bark mitzvah. Right, there was no bark mitzvahs, there was no uh, people literally, I mean, on Facebook, someone writes their dog died, and there's more pouring and out grief than, uh, <laughs> than they've ever seen for when their father dies. So, I mean, it's, a, it's amazing. People, and it's clearly there's an emotional bond. I remember actually one of the, f- when I first moved to Houston, I was giving a class for singles in the JCC and a uh, weekly class, and uh, I mentioned this concept that, actually talking about the concept that animals don't have a same soul as humans, and a few people in the class like, well, horrified. They said, what do you mean? My dog has the same soul, or just a, they were upset, they were like offended that I was even saying that animals don't have the same level of souls as humans, which, which is what we're discussing here. People, so I'm not sure if it's only single people who might have that connection, but, but whatever it is, I think but they should be there's wise enough sh- to realize that that might be part of the problem of why they're <laughs> still single. I mean, <laughs> yes. but, it, but it's clear, I think there's been a shift. Again, I, I'm not sure. Um, I, I, I did not have pets growing up. And my wife has a rule in, if in the house, if it comes into the house and it poops, it has to be human. 
That's every time my kids want pets. That's what uh, her rule is. Except she fish. makes that distinction between humans and animals. Yes, she, she rules says, over the house. Uh, no question. What's Good. <laughs> so my know. kids have always asked for pets <laughs> over the years. So fish is the highest we've gotten to because they <coughs> they're contained. Anyway, so the point is uh, the so they clearly I think I think there's been a shift in society in almost treating animals almost human like. There was a, a guy who actually I was interviewed with him on the radio many years ago, a uh, professor at Princeton. Help me out Peter it. Singer. Peter Singer, yes. Of course, a Jewish fellow who, he is very pro-human uh, rights, he, uh, sorry, animal, animal rights. rights. He believes that animals should have the same, should have full human rights. He has a book called Rattling the Cage, if you ever want to read it. Um, I debated him once on the radio. I'm not sure why, um, how I got to that. <laughs> but the point is that, so he, there are people who truly believe that animals should have full human rights. There's no difference. We shouldn't treat them equally. Um, so why don't they pay taxes? That's a good question. Not all well, he's you do in a way, though. Peter Singer, pay taxes Peter Singer is Jewish. His parents were Viennese Jews. Uh, what you're talking about, he calls speciesism, that we just happen to be, we just happen to rule over all the animals. That's why we make that distinction. I mean, it, his argument is so <laughs> cocked. Okay. The point is, so, interestingly enough, um, the Sefer Ikrim of Albu actually says this was one of the original arguments between Cain and Hevel in the taking place in our Pasha. It's fascinating. And he showed you the whole um, segue of how things evolved, um, so to speak, from time why and why God permitted the consumption of meat at a later point. And it seems like very clearly, as we mentioned, ideally the world um, should be vegetarianism when God created the world. The ideal world is vegetarian. What, we, you, you're jumping to say yes. that based on just that one pasuk, or we're not including. No, pasuk based on 30. the pasuk here says only gives permission to Adam to eat veg, um, vegetables, and, and then in Parsha Noach, that's and, when and God says pasuk, very clearly. Right, yeah, and, and the next the, pasuk. Yes, no, and he says that the all the animals. He's, uh, the he's animals have permission the animals to eat vegetables. Also, yeah. the animals are also permitted to be vegetarian. So, right. question, so the whole world was vegetarian, and in the next week's parasha, in Parsha Noach, he says explicitly. When Noah comes out of the table, God gives him the first time permissions for humans to partake. To partake. So, so that brings no, up so it's very why do they bother having flocks of animals if they couldn't sacrifice and couldn't eat well, them? Well, that came much later. Yeah, I mean, yes. That, well, no. Well, no. Hevel, well, they were, Hevel was a shepherd, and we'll talk, we're going to talk about it. So it's a good thing they used. They had use for animals, but they didn't kill them. You understand? Uh, that, the there was. They could use them for to plow the field. They could use they needed animals. If you have live in an agricultural society. Labor. The only way you survive is animals help. Yeah, but why did Cain have you know sheep and goats and what so did they do? Cain didn't have a Yeah, I'm saying the well, I don't know. I don't know if they ate milk. I'm not sure. All right, but that's a good question. For goats and, and sheep. You yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk. So, so basically, what he explains is unbelievable um, explanation here. I saw a few years ago, I never, it's, um, I've never seen anyone else who explains it this way, but he explains the whole story, it says like this. Um, again, he's bothered by the question of wh exactly what happened here, what was the argument between, why did um, Cain only bring a sacrifice from, it says flax, from, from vegetarian, vegetarian sacrifice, as opposed to Abel. Hevel brought, as we know, an animal offering, yeah, and God only accepted oh, it, Hevel's carbon, right? Um, and not, you didn't accept the vegetarian. If, if as we're saying, it's true, initially, we shouldn't be killing animals. So why did God accept Tevel? And then it seems like, um, and, and, and also is one of his questions is, why was Cain punished? Meaning he did bring the best 
of, from the vegetarian. He believed that shouldn't kill animals. So he was bringing the best. He was a, a farmer, and he was growing crops, and he brought to God the best of his crops, which, um, according to the Talmud, it's flax. He brought flax, which is the best of all crops, supposedly. Um, so that's part of his question. And then later on, what happens later that God changes his mind and does permit the consumption of meat, which is very strange. We have, theologically, it's always a problem for God to change his mind. It means if you're saying someone changed their mind, it means they made a mistake, which is sort of blasphemous. God, God can't make mistakes. Right with, right? Or maybe it's two different authors, as Ron would say. But, um, more yeah. multiple, many more than multiple, two. Yes. Yeah. So sorry. sorry. That's okay. okay That's so, um, so, so the question is, so what? So did God change his mind? Or what no. exactly happened here? So he explains like this, fascinating. He says that um, it was a philosophical argument between Cain and Hevel. Okay, a very great philosophical argument. Cain um, um, understood from the fact that only vegetarian was permitted, that humans and animals were equal, as in today's society. He was the Peter Singer of his time, Cain, and he said, listen, we can't, God forbid, how could we kill animals? Okay, God, literally, God forbid, God for, forbade us from eating animals, and therefore life, all life is created equal. There's no difference, he didn't get this concept of Tzalem as we're going to discuss, he didn't understand it, that humans are are different than all other life. So you have animal life, you have human life. Okay, and therefore, he had a big problem with killing animals. That's why he said, listen, we're bringing an offering to God. It could only be from veg uh, vegetarian offering. As opposed to Hevel, who, to a certain extent, understood philosophically that humans are on the top of the totem pole. And therefore, even though God did not give us permission to eat animals, um, but we still, for the purpose of creation, for the, for the purpose of serving Hashem, when you're going to bring an offering, he understood that you would be allowed to kill an animal for an offering. And that is the, the chel of Hashem, as discussed, the, the best, because you want to give God best, and the animals are better. Than everyone knows, if you sh uh, I always say, right, if you shop in people, if you look at people shopping Whole Foods, they always look, don't look happy. Right? They don't, they, without animals, you can't, uh, you can't, um, uh, you people know. People in Whole Foods eat meat, too. Yeah, so those few do look do look. This just reminding you of your first comment when you said to Shelly and me like 20 years ago, yeah, all the people that eat cherry cheeseburgers, look how unhealthy they are. And I'm like thinking, yeah, the four billion people that eat cheeseburgers, they're, I think they're happy. And how much healthy they'd be though if they didn't eat cheeseburgers. I don't know. They Probably. Have, I don't know. Anyway, okay, so leaving Whole Foods out of this. The, the point is that... <laughs> Havel understood that the, when you're going to bring an offering, it has to be from the best, real red I don't know that we assume that that's the best. He assumed that. Well, that's his it, argument. I understand that's, that's his argument. argument. He said, no, I'm saying from the language. He also said that Kayan said that he was bringing from the best The best well. of his, he only he held Havel back from that. And was bringing the best of his. Yes, true. But that's but the point is... So Kayan uh, was a farmer and Havel yes, was a Yes, so that's the question, right. But I'm saying, but Kayan only brought from vegetarian because he believed you couldn't kill animals. That's what he's explaining. You don't have to agree with this. I mean, this is his, he's explaining the, the story behind the story. They wanted to so he it. says, so there was a philosophical argument between Kai and Hevel. Then what happens is, poor Kai, and he brings the best, as you're saying, of his uh, production, which was crops, best of the crops, and he sees that God accepts Hevel's um, carbon. Okay, Hevel's offering. How so do you see that, by the way? That's a good question. I don't know. Because it's not discussed actually any marker 
or any sign. Um, I remember that. So well, that somehow one according gets according consumed in yeah, blame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Torah says God, God accepted. How do we define it? God it like, says in the Torah God accepted it. How did it happen? I don't know. Did they hit the X? A little sense for that. You have to watch the movie. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know exactly it, what happened. It's just the interpretation of Cain, that Cain feels that his brother's offering was accepted based on, we don't know. Yes, well, I, it could be, get that. honestly, I never get that far in British because okay. it's so much in the beginning. <laughs> Rabbis, you know, you just so, Fair enough. the problem is because I never get that far. Totally. So, so um, it's, a big, it's a big book. So the point is like this. So um, <coughs> It just reminds me of the constant conflict between farmers and shepherds. Like in Oklahoma. That's, it's yeah. like Oklahoma. <laughs> it's always been the yes. Nothing exactly. changes in the world. It's the nesters and the, uh, and the cowboy and the farmers. The cowboy and the farmers. You got it. Yeah. So now. <laughs> yep. Um, Just watched that the other day. It's a good song. So now what happens? So, so God now, after yeah. after Hevel's is carbon is accepted and not Kain. Kain's very upset, as you know, and he's jealous of his brother. So, so is this still from the no. Yeah, we're going I'm going I'm gonna explain you the whole story okay, according right. to his explanation of principles of uh, safer It just all it says is God looked with favor on um Avels and his right. offering. But he's but on on asking, how do we know had yeah, in what no sense in the you know, how did he know? Well it doesn't it's right, not doesn't say. Right, right, it doesn't, doesn't say in the story. There's yeah, no so butt call, there's nothing. Yeah, so uh, I no, don't know but it's a good Question. I mean, it's a good question. I'm, I it just says God answer. looked with favor on Abel's and on Cain's offering. He did not look with favor. So it's also known as life is not fair. Right. Okay. So now, um, what happens? And it goes on to say. So after, well, Cain So Cain got very jealous. Of the the uh, Torah says, um, way, upset Cain exceedingly. started at 8,000 BCE. Yes, I didn't say anything about So they milk. had milk. I'm just saying that the oh, animals okay. were used way before Jews. Well, then what's the history before. of meat consumption? That I don't know. I just know that milking began at 8,000. That's years impossible. The world's only right, but are those, correct? <laughs> are those uh, uh, Homo sapiens considered man? <laughs> or was that created later when God breathed the soul into them? I, I, I don't know. I was just talking about milk. Milk oh, okay. being used. For consumption. That's not How about chocolate? The world's only 5,779 years old. Listen, don't okay. argue with Wikipedia. Let's go, let's go, we gotta go, we gotta Run with the chocolate. Well, this point. Okay. <laughs> okay, so that's all yeah, let's, let's go. So he says like this, so God, so what happens, and then in the next verse, it says, Cain uh, got depressed, his countenance fell, and it discusses his depression. Um, God says to Cain, why are you upset? What are you depressed about? Hello, Tatev says, if you improve yourself, um, he tells him, you have to improve yourself. If not, sin will crouch at your door. Um, okay, and the, that's what God tells him. It doesn't really work. So now God is trying to explain to Cain, according to Sefer uh, Ikram. He says, he is explaining to him the difference, the f- why he accepted Havel's carbon. That there's a different, this philosophical idea that Humans and animals are not the same, and therefore humans will rule over the animals, as we said. He didn't. Cain didn't have the mm-hmm. Torah. He didn't have the passage where it says that humans will subdue animals. So, so God was explaining to him this philosophy, which is a basic philosophy, again in the in the purpose of creation, as we're saying that humans are not reminiscent of animals, and humans have free will and they can make moral and religious choices and whatever it is. 
whatever the interpretation of Tzalem Olkein, which we'll get back to if we have time, so which is non-existent for animals. And therefore, we are allowed to kill animals. We are allowed to take their life. Now, Kayan didn't comprehend the message fully. And he understood at this point, whatever it was, there was a miscommunication. Um, he understood that God was saying, you're allowed to take life. He, he viewed it as, he didn't get the, the complete philosophical message, which was humans and animals are different. So now once God, he's saying, is approving the taking of life, he said, okay, we see you're allowed to kill. I thought we can't kill anything. Now God has accepted Hevel's carbon. We see you're allowed to take life. And therefore, he's pissed off as, at his brother. And he went ahead and killed his brother because he viewed, just as God uh, was okay with Hevel taking life of an animal, he oh. therefore went ahead and said, now I can take human life. So he, you know, it's philosophically, I finally offended her, it took time, but I, um, um, so now philosophically, he understood, wait, 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 listen, listen, hear him out, hear him out, hear him out. It's not you, it's the, what is it, the Sefer Ikram. Sefer So, so philosophically, he, again, he understood this message wrongly, and therefore he understood life, there's no difference between animals and life. And uh, uh, sorry, animals and humans, and therefore, just as God was okay with Hevel taking the life of the animal, you know, I'm angry it's at my really brother. It's really sad because, like, Hashem says, comes to Kayan and he says, like, what's wrong? Why are you right. upset? Because, like, exactly. after the language is well, depressed, he's like, yeah. and he's like, well, if you were to do it right, like, he's right. God so he gives him a chance, right. and he's like, here, do it. I'm going to show you how to do it. And then what does Still he do? Still doesn't do it, right? Like, commits right. Yes. So he offered his brother as a sacrifice? No. Well, I don't know, a sacrifice. He was saying he misinterpreted and therefore he concluded just as it's permissible to kill animals, it's now permissible to, well, to take no, any life. So a miss what did he what Hashem said permissible jump. to kill animals? Huge. The fact that he accepted the oh. offering of Heva, which was the oh. an animal. Some people okay. it implies not only permissible, it's actually preferable. Right, well, the killing of animals. So this yeah. was the first, in a certain sense, you could say, this ideological error of Cain was was ca caused the first murder in the oh. world. This ideological difference of mistaking the fact that humans, according to what he's saying, the humans and animals have are equal. That really is what caused the first murder. Okay, now, um, and, and again, we're not going to get into a lot of other details. He discusses because later on, when. Uh, as we know, Adam has it another say son. That human and animals were equal. God said, it doesn't, but God, you but he understood the animals. He Cain didn't get that, that message. He didn't get that email. He Cain didn't made have that the false Torah. assumption. This interpretation makes that assumption. Oh. Yes, yes. So now he says his rabbi said you can. Okay, okay. got it. Okay. Um, <laughs> by the way, and if you look, so that, as you know, at the end of the page, it goes to all different births of the next generation. Also mentions that Adam had another son named Chase, um, to replace Hevel, so to speak. Yeah. Because they lost a son. And he has another child named Chase. And over there, again, when Chase is born, it mentions he was born, by all the other births, it doesn't say that, but when Chase is born, it says, he was born B'Tselem Elohim. It mentions these words, B'Tselma. Not the word. Um, it's here somewhere, but uh, it says, um, after Chase's birth, it says, First of all, it says, Zet Sefer Toldos Adam, which is actually a very important statement. Also, he doesn't say that. Other commentaries also state that this is the purpose of man. Now, it says here, this is the account of the descendants of Adam, meaning of Adam, meaning all humankind. And it says, Bara Elohim, again, it repeats it at the end of the parasha, Adam, God created humans, Bidmus Elohim, in the image and the likeness of God, Asoto. Okay, and again, it repeats it, and it says that, um, Ayolad, about Chase's birth, 
he was born with Musa Kitzelma in the image and, and the likeness of Hashem. And he used to it's be the, the only birth that it mentions it. So he explains that Shays was the first human being who got it, who got this philosophical message. God's uh, image or Adam's image? Adam's image. Um, again, um, it means in the image of God. Where then, did you get God? Because right before that it says, uh, it says, Baralokim Adam Bidmut Elokim Asata. And the next verse says, in his image, referring to God. And the question is how many referral okay. bags Could be. we're going So now he continues, I just want to finish this very important point. So he goes on to say, so what happened was, again, most of humankind still made this philosophical and ideological mistake to view animals. Now, it's Cain's descendants continued in his way, which was to treat humans and animals as equal. They still didn't get it after this message. Okay, until the point, and it says, there were, as we know, that's why Pasha Noach begins, or the end of Pasha Bereshit already discusses, there was a proliferation of murders in the world. Evil was taking place in the world. Hamas, um, and, and many other things, which it's questionable exactly what was taking place, but it seems like because of this mistaken philosophy, basically all of humankind was resulting in chaos, which then, God says, we, we got to start over. We've got to press the reset button. So now, God, and so he, what he explains is, therefore, in the reset button, after Noach, now God basically kills all, all of humanity, except Noach and his wife, who are the descendants of Shays, who got the philosophical message that humans aren't created, but Salam al-Kim, he explains. So now, in the reset, um, after Noach is coming out of the table, God understood the only way humans will get it is if the message is very clear and explicit. And therefore, he had to change the fact that now he wanted to show humankind that you can eat animals. You know, obviously they weren't getting the message until that in the beginning of creation, even though, again, in the ideal world, we shouldn't be eating animals. Um, and that's a whole different question. We're not going to get into why we shouldn't eat animals. But in the reset of creation, God now had to make it explicitly clear to Noah and his descendants that you are in charge of animals. You're the top of the totem pole. You can even eat them. Because he wouldn't have said that. He was... I guess nervous that they would continue in this in this uh, mistaken philosophy that humans and animals are equal. So therefore, in the reset, when Noah comes out of the ark, um, he now says, "You're in charge of animals, and you can even kill them, eat them. They're yours." And thank God, mm. now we we have we can eat meat. So yes. So God's mistake was he said you can eat fruit, and he forgot to say and anything else you want. Right. Right. Mm. No, 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 initially it wasn't a mistake. Say initially, he wanted the ideal world is we should not eat meat. He didn't God, want you eating meat. meat. Where does it say don't eat meat? Well, it says I only give you permission to eat vegetation. It's a, it doesn't say I, I only give you permission. It says I give you I give permission, permission to eat vegetation. So that, that was clear from his message. They don't have permission to eat animals. That's right. That's right. if you say if I tell you you could only have these. My wife tells me you could only have these I cookies and not these cookies. You, you could eat these. I know I can no, only if sort of touch those cookies. If you have permission, you're you're wandering around the garden and eating around the earth. And you know God says any vegetable you want to eat. So it's a natural question. Well, how about if I eat that sheep over there? Doesn't arise. God didn't say. Of course well, it would, So then you wander around and say, I wonder if I can eat that sheep. Well, that's the mistake. He should have said, yeah, I can have the sheep. So too. God made a mistake. But the point is that's how humans respond. So that so that later on. It's that God gives you permission to eat animals. Human beings might also be inclined to eat other human beings. Animalism. Yeah. Why not? I mean, if it's just another animal, well, why no can't you eat No one doesn't say anyone being? did that at this point. Well, because no one made it mistake that. Anyway, if you follow this logic that yeah, human so beings are just another animal, why can't you eat them? 
Anyway, the point is, so, so I think it's very clear. I mean, again, according to the Sefer Yikrimi, right, is an interpretation in the backstory of what's taking place here. He's very clearly saying that this, this concept, what's happening, I think, in today's society where we end up treating animals and humans equally is a flawed <coughs> philosophy. And that was the original mistake of Kai. That's how he's understanding it. Obviously, the Torah's view is on the contrary. And we have to treat animals with respect. As we know, there are many laws throughout the Torah of of Tzar Balachayim, of you know, at the pain, give, uh, but it, it, it's also very relevant to medical ethics, this concept, because besides in everything we mentioned, there's also the concept of experimentation on, on animals, which is done in the medical, um, in the, at least in the pharmaceutical community and in the medical community, which is, my, many people have a problem with that. But again, this results back to this mistaken philosophy. We have no, basically, the, the Jewish philosophy of how to treat animals is we treat them with respect, you can't cause them undue pain for no reason. But, since we're on top of the totem pole, as we're saying, if there's a benefit to humankind, either it's food, so then, Gucci uh, handbags, so then Gucci handbags. So operations should be halakhically non-permissible. What do you mean, cage? Oh, well, like, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. That's a good point. But I just want to finish my point, and then I'll address your point, which is that, that so, meaning, if there's a benefit to humankind from... Um, I, would, I don't want to use real ill treatment, but killing animals or experimenting on them, let's say for medicine, we can save human lives, or even, uh, as we know, we Gucci handbags or whatever it is, that's fine. <laughs> no, I'm saying that, no, I'm saying no, I'm saying that's a benefit. To what makes makes women happy, so that's a benefit. That is a benefit. I think we should like help those women understand that what. Okay, so one second. So, so the point is that uh, meaning again. If, and then this is what's discussed without getting to the whole topic of, let's say, animal experimentation, which is really a topic unto itself, if you cannot do that experimentation for this from medicine without spraying, uh, you know, in rabbits' eyes or whatever it is and, and blinding them, and there's no other way to do it. You can't simulate that test. If you could simulate that test on a computer and do it without hurting the animal, of course, you're obligated to do that, halakhically speaking. If there's no other way and you can, and to benefit humankind besides you know that method, so then you're allowed to do it. That's basically the principle, again, without getting into the details, of how Allah addresses mm. animal, animal experimentation. Now, correctly, you're correct. Of course, just because we're allowed to eat animals doesn't mean we can treat them badly in slaughterhouses and whatever, or, or do things to them which are not necessary for them to be eaten. No, we have to do whatever we need to do to eat them, but of course they have to be treated with kindness, and no question. And, and slaughterhouses that do treat animals badly are... I don't know if you should boycott them. I don't but they know, should be halakhically forbidden. The animal doesn't become forbidden. That's another thing. Meaning, just because someone is doing something wrong in the process doesn't make the animal forbidden. They are bad. They are evil people. And maybe you should boycott their their chickens or whatever it is. But, but doesn't that, that doesn't make it like not kosher? The animal is still a kosher animal. They did something wrong in the process. But if the rabbis would go to the extent to say, like, if a lung is not quite in the right state, no, but that's or they the animal. By, by the way, there are there is changes. So just for example, now the Rabbanut in Israel, because of pressure, does not accept any meat. South America was using this hanging method for slaughtering, where they actually take the cow and you know hang it on a chain upside down, and something which they claim is not humane. And now they will not accept meat anymore. The state of Israel will not import meat that was done in that fashion. So, so it's changing. It's taking time, but you're right. The rat because of the I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the rabbis. I don't know who's put, applying the pressure. I think it was the American community changed. Like the OU will no longer certify any animals that were slaughtered in that manner, even though halakhically it's kosher. 
again, halachic it doesn't make it not kosher, but because of this concept of tzar balachayim, they, and probably because of a lot of outside pressure, I'm guessing, um, so they changed their policy. They no longer accept meat from slaughterhouses in South America, and it's very expensive. They said all the slaughterhouses have to change and buy these pens that treat the animals very nicely and gently turn them over, or whatever the case is. So, but it is changing. Um, but it doesn't. But the fact that the process. Um, was done wrong by some people in South America doesn't make the animal not kosher in itself. The animal's still kosher. Listen, you as a human being, maybe you should boycott them just like anything. We should express our values in what we buy and eat. That's true. I agree with you. It doesn't forbid you personally from not eating meat. Right. Just like any, just like uh, there's, there's many things in the Torah you find yeah. that a client, let's say, uh, it's prohibited to to crossbreed certain... It would be certain nice if there didn't have to be so much cognitive dissonance between, like, you yeah, know, your well principles and then, like, well, what? Well, it's logically permissible, but, like... That's no, because the rabbis are supposed to... <laughs> <laughs> no. So there is, so it is changing, slowly. I mean, I it takes time. When I was a child, I remember going to the kosher meat market with my parents and I'd wander around and there'd be the animals hanging upside down from the feet. <laughs> yes. So that meant it wasn't properly... Yes, so today... <coughs> Again, they were saying, but they're dead already. What are you saying? We have to the dead. Oh, yeah, that's oh, to get the blood out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That we're talking oh, about okay. when they're alive. Oh, this that's oh, when you have to treat them properly. Them after the dead, we eat them. Oh. <laughs> so I don't think we. <laughs> but you skipped a minor step there. As yeah. an aside, every research proposal ever written in the history of man has claimed that whatever they're doing to their animals is a benefit to mankind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, I don't know yeah, enough about research, but 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 I'm saying according to this, okay, without. Uh, uh, we're not going to have time to get back to Salomon yeah, and Kim. Exactly. But I just want to point out, so, that, so actually many of the, uh, for example, the Tanya, uh, which was the book written by the first Babich uh, Rebbe, he explained that it's actually your, your, the purpose, since, what does it mean? Not just, it's not just a nice thing, we're on top of the totem pole humans, because we're, meaning everything else was created, we're, we're, our mission is to serve Hashem, that's the mission of humankind. Tikkun Olam, however you want to interpret it. So now everything else that is under us, we doesn't have this this mission, so to speak. The only way they can be elevated is by us using them in our mission. So if we eat meat, if we eat a good chalant on Shabbos, and now that cow who was just a cow in West Texas, Daisy, who had no mission, no purpose in the world, now because we're putting it in our chalant, it now well, becomes elevated. Cows that are from West Texas. Okay, so let's say. Trade, well, well, well. So now the fact that we're putting it in our chunk and we're and you're making a blessing on it, whatever you, just the fact that you're enjoying Shabbos because of that cow, Daisy. <coughs> and now that cow becomes part of the mission of the world. Well, so you elevated that cow. So that sense you benefit. Too, right? What? It's true for the beans. And yes, hundred yeah. percent. That's what it's even cow. Holy cow. So. <laughs> so the point is, so that, that's how, oh that's God, one of the explanations. I'm sorry. Wait, what's this? Um, that the Tanya explains, and therefore, <laughs> so you're, you're actually doing the cow a favor by elevating. You're right. Maybe other people make this mm-hmm. argument, but the point is, so, so, and this is why, by the way, I always tell people who ask me, is it okay to be vegetarian? Is it against Judaism? No. There's nothing wrong. Ideally, we should be vegetarians, but um, depends why you're vegetarian. If you're a vegetarian, for, I, for this ideological reason, that, that might be a problem, that you're saying animals are equal to humans, that's where it is, it's an issue. Um, if you're vegetarian because you want to be healthier, that's beautiful. If you like whole foods, and or what we're saying, because animals are treated in a certain way and you only eat this type, or that you don't believe they're treated properly and therefore you don't want to eat meat, that's something else. Um, but if you're, if you're, the reason why you're not eating meat is because you believe animals and humans are equal. 
That is, I believe, a problem, a Jewish problem, Jewishly. Thank you.